hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report, part of the Rocket Sports Media family. We are so glad that you've joined us today on this lovely Tuesday, January 14th, the second episode of the new year and the new decade. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by none other than the guy that I could not do this without, our editor-in-chief and founder, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here and uh, glad to be talking about hockey. Um, and I bet that you also were glad that uh, upon covering the Laval Lehigh Valley Phantoms game this past weekend that it was 70 degrees here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable coming out of the arena at 10:30 at night and it was still close to that temperature. It was like a blast of warm. It was warmer outside than it was in the rink and it was like that's this is bizarre. It's like a twilight zone. It's get for what it's worth it's getting colder again so Fun, fun stuff. Well, we uh, it's going to be a fun day today. We've got lots to talk about, of course. Um, lots on the agenda. Of course, uh, as we just alluded to, uh, the Laval Rocket and Lehigh Valley Phantoms did uh, play their only game against each other in Allentown this weekend. So we have that to break down for both Phantoms and uh, uh, Rocket fans, as well as uh Actually, both teams had a three and three this weekend. So, that, um, talk a little bit about how both teams did in in that kind of a, a tough three games and three days weekend schedule. Uh, talk about some roster movements, uh, some roster decisions, um, and and things of that nature. So, we've got plenty to talk about in, in segment one with those two AHL teams, and then of course in the second segment we go around the AHL give you the update on who the player of the week is uh, some news regarding the quickly approaching all-star classic for the AHL and how you can catch the action um, as well as some other news from around the league and a couple of teams that you might be familiar with who are really uh, going on quite a tear here. So we're going to look at the standings and, and tell you who those teams are to be keeping an eye on. And then in the final segment, of course, we will uh, let you know where you'll find us this week coming up uh, for plenty of good old reliable Rocket Sports media coverage. we got lots lots coming for you. So it's going to be a good show today, Rick, I think. Absolutely. As, as it always is. It is always. It is. Very exciting. Um, I'm, I will... I will first begin with um, offering my condolences to your Vikings. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm genuinely sorry. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, it, yeah, no, that's fine. It's, it's fine. Um, and uh, this wasn't, this, this wasn't the Super Bowl year. All Vikings fans know that. We need some, um, well, on on both lines. Uh, we need some upgrades to the both the offensive and defensive line. Um, there's going to be a new defensive 
coordinator, or a new offensive coordinator, obviously, for the Minnesota Vikings because uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns were so impressed with uh, Mr. Stefanski uh, that, uh, and the debacle that was the game against uh, San Francisco that they hired him away, which sounds like exactly a Brown thing <laughs> to do. But, uh, yep, so um, see ya, and uh, and we're ready for a new offensive coordinator and, and uh, as I said, some some upgrades to the, the line and maybe a bit of of um, somehow in the offseason some courage to Mr. Cousins uh, to stand in there and, and, and get the ball away <laughs> rather than always taking the safe shot. But, um, yeah. It was fine. It was progression season. Nothing wrong with that. You made it longer than the Eagles, so there's that. There is that. <laughs> there is also uh, a fantasy hockey update. Um, I I just thought that I would um, make everyone aware that um, those dreaded Farnham Flyers that we speak of so often – are my opponent this week in fantasy Whoa. hockey for all hubs. Um, and if you remember, okay, made, made a, you know, a crazy little trade with Mr. Joseph Whalen a couple of months ago, Travis connect me. He can have Brendan Gallagher. That's fine. But he had said that he thought that I would, I would take that trade over the other one he was going to propose, which would have been Carey Price for Tuka Rask. Which we all know how that would have gone. But maybe he should have pushed a little harder for Carey Price since, obviously, I started Carey Price last night, and Carey Price had a pretty decent night last night. Um, And as of right now, I am beating the Farnham Flyers 10 to nothing for this week. So there's that. All right. <laughs> In fact, hmm, looking here, uh, the Farnham Flyers have a zero in every category except for six shots on goal and two hits. Are the only places that there's been any activity for the Farnham Flyers. So we'll see if he can get competitive here this week or if I'm just going to run away with it. Well, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know how it's happened, but somehow um, my team has been doing well without me because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went in last night because I haven't been there since uh, the the new year and found that that I had a couple of injury situations to deal with. Uh, oh. but still fourth, still hanging in there. Um, wow. Yeah, not so bad. Uh, but I was surprised to see that our newcomers. Uh, Mike and Shane um, up at third and fifth, uh, both took over teams that were in the bottom and, uh, and have obviously managed their way up the the standings. Um, So nicely done to both of, to both of them. Now listen, now listen, you two eager beavers. You don't want to be on the same list that Joseph Whalen's on. So (laughs) all kidding aside, nice job. You can see, you can, there, there's hope yet. I'm sure there's Habs fans out there saying, see if they can do it, then the Habs can make the playoffs. 3% chance. 
So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there is a chance. 3%. 3%. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's let's start with a little bit of talk uh, just for a few minutes about uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms because I actually – I'm going to, I want to give some kudos to that team. We've mentioned in past weeks that uh, the Phantoms have really been struggling to get out of the basement in the Atlantic division. Uh, They were in eighth place for a while. Uh, They then uh, moved into seventh place, but still tied for that final spot in the division with Bridgeport, but they just simply had a a slightly better winning percentage. Um, and and while yes, they are still um, struggling, they're still climbing, they're still trying. Uh, they're still in seventh place, but they have sole possession of seventh place. But this weekend was the was really um, the start of what could be a turnaround for them. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, they also had a three and three this weekend. They played in Utica on Friday night. Uh, and that did not go well. Uh, Alex Lyon got pulled, hmm, I'd say, within the first maybe three minutes of the game, uh, giving up two goals on three shots in the in the opening two or three minutes of the game was not pretty. So J.F. Berube came in in relief, but they did ultimately lose that game to Utica. So ideally, I'm sure Scott Gordon had planned to play Alex Lyon on Friday, probably J.F. Barube on Saturday, and Alex Lyon again on Sunday. But with Barube basically playing the entire game in Utica on Friday night, Alex Lyon got a chance to redeem himself, and he got the start on Saturday against Laval. And what do you know? A shutout. Handed uh, Laval a shutout, um, two to nothing. Uh, was not the most entertaining game I've ever watched. <laughs> it was a it was a little slow and plodding and tentative. Um, but you know, even though even though, and we're going to talk about it a little more once we once we recap Laval as well. But even though Rick Laval was doing that thing that they always seem to do, they were getting a ton of shots on Alex Lyon, but they weren't getting anything through. Uh, and somehow or another, the Phantoms managed to to get a couple of them um, past uh, Keith Kincaid and walk away with a win. A very, very, very much needed win because they were they were two and eight in their last ten going into that game. So it was good to see it. you could tell big relief for that for that whole team to get that win. Um, the 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 Phantoms can't score. Uh, they've been having a real difficult time. Uh, scoring goals and and part of that is uh, I suppose that um, you know it's it's a it's a process with the the big club with the Flyers he's seen uh, quite a rotation of uh, players um, up to uh, the NHL level and many coming down and uh, for whatever reason they haven't been able to find their rhythm when they've come back Um, and they are the as as far as goals scored um, the 31st ranked team. Now that's not goals per game. That's just number of goals scored. They've only scored 88 goals this season, and that's the fewest. And and again, there's different games played and whatnot, but that's the fewest in the AHL. Um, but in that game against uh, Laval, as you said, Laval was uh, as they usually do, and as the Canadians do, uh, shooting from anywhere and everywhere. 
um, and um, um, certainly uh, greatly outshot uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, but you have to give credit to the Phantoms who um, who worked hard and uh, two similar type of goals where uh, they created traffic in front of Keith Kincaid um, shots from the point found their way through and, uh, and uh, uh, Alex Lyon was obviously very good uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, in getting the, the, the first star of the game and, and, uh, and, and the shutout 37 saves. Um, and, and they won the game. It was, uh, it, as you said, not a, you know, not a pretty win, but they worked hard and, uh, um, went to the places they needed to go. Uh, they, they didn't score any gorgeous goals, but they, they, uh, they created offense, um, when they had to. Absolutely. Um, and, and then the next day they, uh, hosted the Cleveland monsters to finish out their three and three. Um, and wouldn't, you know, and JF Berube, of course, then, uh, took his turn in the crease. Wouldn't you know it? They shut out the monsters as well. So not only back in the wing column, not only back-to-back wins, but back-to-back shutouts with two different goaltenders, same weekend, this could really be the thing that kickstarts them. And as you said, Rick, um, they need to find the back of the net. They need to figure out how to get those pucks through. Um, their goaltenders are certainly doing everything they can to give them an opportunity to win. Um, and uh, we'll see. Maybe this this could be the start of, of something for the Phantoms. They are uh, currently in seventh place with 35 points. Uh, so they're, they're a ways back from number four, which is the Springfield Thunderbirds who have 44 points. But um, the, the thing is that everyone always says, Oh, three and threes are very tough. And of course they are playing three games in really two and a half days when you're playing that Sunday game as an afternoon matinee um, is not easy to do, but it also doesn't automatically mean that, you're not going to be able to win. Uh, and here the Phantoms needed one win. They ended up with two and both of them were shutouts. So kudos to them for finding a way to get it done. Just, just while you're on the topic of uh, three on three and at three in three. And um, um, there was a lot of, I know it's kind of a, a new uh, for fans who are, are new to the AHL. It's kind of an unusual thing. And um Saw kinds of all kinds of odd statements uh, uh, on social media that uh, three and three is is unfair to say Laval or unfair to uh, uh, and fortunately uh, it's an extremely rare situation that teams are forced to go. To, well, none of that is true. No, it's not. <laughs> um, you look at, uh, at Hershey, who uh, and we we know that that Hershey's been on um, a, a pretty good run. Um, they have eight three and threes this season. Oh. Uh, eight weekends of three and three. Um, Bridgeport, uh, who you mentioned, and, and both the Phantoms and, and, uh, and Laval saw, uh, they, had a, they had a back-to-back, back-to-back weekends of three and threes. Uh, last weekend and the weekend Prior to that, uh, they had three and threes. Those are tough, um, mm-hmm. but because of the scheduling, because of the use of the buildings, because of of travel, 
because of trying to save costs in, in the AHL. Um, it's a fixture. It is something that, that all teams have to go through. Some teams an awful lot more than others. Um, and coaches have to understand how to manage those situations. Absolutely. And, and so we just gave you an example there, you know, now, of course, those, those who always constantly want to move the goalposts will say, well, okay, Lehigh Valley did get two wins uh, on the second, the second two thirds of that three and three, but those two games were played at home. So they were, they were probably more rested because they didn't have to travel. Okay. If you want to split hairs, sure. But that's really not the point. You still have to, you still have to put the skates on. You still have to have the schedule. You still have, it's, you know, a three and three is a three and three. Um, and they're not easy to do. And then we talk, you, you mentioned the Bridgeport um, situation, back to back weekends of a three and three. I can't even imagine that. Um, that's just grueling. Um, even though you get that week off in between with just practice, that's still a grueling schedule. As we had mentioned uh, at the top of the segment that the Phantoms are tied with Bridgeport, uh, were tied with Bridgeport at the bottom of the standings. So Bridgeport equally uh, ranked 30th in the league going into Sunday's game where Laval was visiting. Laval lost in um, Lehigh Valley Saturday night, got blanked, and they headed to Bridgeport to take on the the next worst team in the league, uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And as had been the case, of course, the the alternating effect of, of goaltending uh, for Joel Bouchard meant that uh, Caden Primo had started on Friday night. Um, Keith Kincaid on Saturday in Lehigh Valley, which meant it was Primo's turn on Sunday afternoon. So Primo hadn't played since Friday. Um, and Primo's day didn't last for very long on Sunday because um, Bridgeport comes out of nowhere and scores three goals on five shots in under 10, uh, under 10 minutes after opening faceoff. And Caden Primo's day is done. Keith Kincaid comes back in in relief and we'll talk about this. um, I'm going a little more in depth in a minute, but Bridgeport would go on to win this game. So Bridgeport is playing the last game of a three and three on the end of a back-to-back three and three weekend schedule. And they found a way to dig deep. The 30th ranked team in the league. um, And they managed to find a way to dig deep and get the win. Laval, who is on, on paper looking at this, this weekend um, should have had trouble in Syracuse, but they didn't, they won in Syracuse, but Saturday and Sunday should have been pretty easy check mark. Uh, and they dropped both of those um, in, in not so great fashion. They got shut out in one and, and their, their rookie goaltender got pulled in the first half of the first period in, in the next one against two teams at towards the bottom of the league. Um, so yes, three and threes are tough, but, Two of the three teams that, that we're talking about this weekend who all had a three-and-three three situation, two of those teams managed to turn the three-and-three three into something really positive. Laval didn't. Um, so, again, as you say, Rick, there's a lot of people out there who talk about how not con- – I think Lehigh Valley has six 
three and threes this year. Um, Laval is really lucky. They only have two. They have two three and threes this year. That is like, I'm sure every other team in the league is looking at them going, well, gee, I wish I had that schedule. Um, so that's, and I remember I, I had to look it look it up because um, I didn't I didn't believe that my memory was correct, but it is. Um, and I remember the 2016 17. We've been doing this a while. 2016 17 season. Oh, um, yeah. And and for Hershey, uh, I mentioned Hershey um, uh, have eight three and threes this year. That's down. That's down from previous years. In 16 mm. 17, they had 14 three and three weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awful. Yeah. That's awful. That's okay. You're the math guy. What's 14 times three? Uh, that's 42. 42. Yeah. So how many games are there in a season? 76. Um, and, and, and you more, and they're a good portion of their season. More than half is, is uh, tied up in three and threes. Yeah, so complain, com- please, please complain about a couple of three and three weekends. My goodness, forty-two games played on a three and three schedule. I can't imagine how exhausted that team was at the end of the year. Can't even imagine it. Um, in any case, we will we will get back to Laval here in a second. Just wanted to to kind of give a nod to the Phantoms for putting together um, two wins this weekend, two shutouts, uh, and and. I'm hopefully infusing some energy and some hope into that team uh, and we'll keep an eye on them for sure. Uh, And we will uh, this week, actually we will be seeing them as well. One other note I wanted to make before we move over to Laval uh, is Connor Bunham. And Rick, you've liked Connor Bunham since we first started uh, watching him play. Um, And he's had, there you go. Uh, And he's had some time up with, with the NHL club this year. Um, but he is had currently found himself back down with the Phantoms, but he was on a four game point streak, three goals and one assist uh, in his last four games. When uh, after the game against Laval on Saturday, he got recalled to the Flyers and he played in the uh, game last night against Boston uh, and managed, it was, as, as he said afterwards, it was kind of a, a greasy garbage goal, but I score a lot of those. It uh, wasn't the way he imagined it, but a puck did deflect off his skate into the net for his first career NHL goal. So <laughs> congratulations to Connor Bunneman. As he said, it's not the way I imagined it would happen, but, uh, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes and uh, has his first career NHL goal. And that was a big feature of last night's game, as was Brad Marshall's complete whiff in the shootout, which um, I think both Canadians and Flyers fans can thoroughly enjoy that, thoroughly enjoyed that moment. And the look on his face, that look on his face of, I'm going to have to live with this. (laughs) (laughs) Something more serious, and, and it was something, a new addition uh, to the PPL center, the ice in the PPL center. And that is right behind both goals um, mm. is Oscar uh, strong, Oscar Lindblom. Um, that, that, that's a nice touch, a uh, real nice touch. And, and thought we should mention that. Absolutely. Uh, that, that is a good point. Uh, loved to see that in the trapezoid behind both, behind both goals. Um, 
And as a matter of fact, uh, Lynn Blom was in the building in the Wells Fargo Center, I think, on Saturday night uh, watching the game. And uh, when they showed him sitting watching from one of the suites uh, or in the press area um, during the game, they showed him on the watching the game on the Jumbotron and got more than a one minute standing ovation. The crowd just went absolutely nuts uh, seeing that he was in the building. And so really great to see that support. Oscar Strong, uh, apparently treat, uh, from, from what the Flyers have said, uh, he has started treatment and treatment is going okay so far. So still early and uh, we just keep our thoughts and prayers with Oscar Lindblom that he has, uh, has much success with his treatments. So we've already talked a little bit about how things went for Laval this past weekend. Uh, they had six points that they could come away with in this three and three uh, two of those games against two of the worst uh, two-bottom-dwelling two, two teams in the league, and they managed to only go back to Quebec, Rick, with two out of six points. Um, they did uh, play a decent game on Friday night in Syracuse, winning that uh, back-to-back series, from the, which had started the week before. Uh, they won both of those games, so defeated Syracuse twice. Um, but it was it was a bit of a barn burner. They 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 won that one um, seven to five. So uh, as you mentioned, again, this is nothing to disparage Caden Primo, but we ha- here we have another example that despite the victory, um, there there were five goals. Uh, sorry, well, four goals against because one. Uh, no, actually, Carl Alsner's was the empty netter. So so yeah, five goals against for Primo. Um, not saying that all five were his fault, but it was it was something that we had talked about in previous weeks um, that um, you know even when he's getting wins he's the the number of goals against are starting to go up um, and that's not a trend that we'd like to see continue um, but they did manage to beat Syracuse and kind of open up that gap between themselves and Syracuse, who is is right behind them a little bit more. Uh, And then, yeah, went went in and got blanked in in Lehigh Valley. And my goodness, the game in Bridgeport. Um, Keith Kincaid actually ends up getting the the loss on that game because um, even though they put up three goals against Primo, uh, they went on to score three more goals. The final in that one was six to four. Um, so wasn't the probably wasn't the way they had drawn it up when they left uh, for New York uh, last week. Uh, a couple of bright spots. Um, Phil Veroni returned to the lineup this weekend uh, just in time to to play in Lehigh Valley against his former team. And that was one thing, too, Rick. They did a nice little uh, welcome back Phil Veroni tribute video uh, during one of the, the stoppages in play, which which was very nice. And you, you mentioned that you saw a lot of Veroni jerseys in the, in the crowd as well. Uh, Veroni Phantoms jerseys. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. certainly um, well-loved. Uh, in um in lehigh valley and and uh and still appreciated and and uh it was good to see him back absolutely um so he made his return uh he's had a tough start to the year uh slow to get started uh, at the beginning of the season and then the injury um and it obvious weight off his shoulders when in that bridgeport loss on sunday he did get his first goal of the season um 
which uh, which was which was very good very good to see for him uh, another um, another notable in that game is the uh, newly acquired Laurent Dauphin um, who came over from Milwaukee uh, also scored his first goal with Laval uh, this past weekend it's his eighth of the season but he scored his first goal as well um, so he's played three games now with with Laval, Rick, what are your uh, what are your first impressions of Mr. Laurent Dauphin? Well, um, uh, he's he was billed as uh, a player who works hard, who is a gritty player, who is um, a team player, um, and and um, and has some smarts, and and um, I I would support all of that, um, and he certainly got a ton of ice time. Um, over the weekend, um, he uh, I, the 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 most the the thing that stands out most for him is, um, you know, his skating is pretty ragged. It's it's uh, he gets around, but it takes a while, and and so that affects um, his ability to uh, to to play defensively. That's kind of that that was kind of a weakness, and and. Uh, um, but it, it certainly looks like he understands the game and tries to make up for that by, um, um, you know, knowing where to go, uh, particularly in the in the offensive side. Um, so, uh, you know, um, maybe a maybe a third or fourth line uh, player in the AHL. Um, he certainly played above that uh, on the weekend at getting introduced to. Uh, you know, Joel Bouchard gave him lots of opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. but I think as it settles on, uh, it uh, you know that's going to be rain back a bit. I would I would agree with that for sure. Uh, and he was on a line uh, with um, Alexander Alain uh, and Joe Cox, and then Antoine Wakeed. Cox was uh, Laval did suffer, suffer a couple of injuries this weekend. Joe Cox got injured uh, in the second period against the Phantoms on Saturday. Uh, Christian Fullen also, uh, we believe, has a lower body injury from that game. He didn't play on Sunday. Uh, so we'll see what, how the injuries shake out. Um, one thing that's interesting, Rick, um, is to see that Lucas Vedemo, now that he is back down from the Canadians, uh, hasn't returned to center. He's still playing on the wing. Uh, and we, we spoke to Lucas uh, after the game on Saturday in Lehigh Valley. And uh, of course it was, <laughs> as, as we mentioned, um, his face was certainly bright and sparkly and full of sunshine uh, as, as one who has just had his first NHL call up would naturally be. <laughs> um obviously a very good experience for him, but he said, he did say, you know, it was, it was also challenging because I was back on the wing uh, and I haven't played wing in a really long time. Um, and so we asked him about that, you know, you're still playing wing down here. You know, how, how's that going for you? And he said, well, you know, I played wing my first season with the Swedish team, but it's, it's been a while. So it's, it's going to take some time to, to adjust to playing wing again. But he, he also said, you know, it's, 
playing wing and playing center does give him more opportunities if he's able to be versatile. But uh, interesting, though, Rick, to see that now that he's been sent back down, now that Claude Julien had made the decision to put him on the wing uh, in the NHL, that now that is that is being repeated now that he's back down with uh, the Laval Rockets. It, it's so bizarre because the Canadians have been, um, you know, j- just devoid of centers for so long and, and have, have uh, had trouble filling that, that role and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, converting Jonathan Duran for a while, a failed uh, conversion, Jonathan Duran to a center uh, that didn't work out at all. Converting Max Domi to a center uh, that's, that's on its way to, to go back. He just, I mean, the, the face off reasons alone um, and it, and, and go back even much, much further. It's, it's uh, the Canadians have not had centers. And now that they have uh, some good young centers coming up um, and we've seen it with Ryan Paling, we've seen it with Lucas Vedemo they're being converted to the wing and it's, it's, it's odd. Um, and you have to question. And again, it's, it's that kind of old school coaching of, of Claude Julian who would rather have um, a, a, a veteran like uh, Nate Thompson, in the fourth line center role. Uh, Nate uh, is beloved by teammates, but hasn't been doing much offensively or defensively. Um, face-offs were good at the start, uh, not so good on the penalty kill, um, uh, you know, but yet, yet uh, Julian clings to him rather than, like other teams do, um, you know, moving their young centers into a fourth-line spot and, and, and then allowing them to progress through the lineup. And, and it makes it tough to uh, get up to the NHL and uh, experience the game. Um, as Lucas said to us, well, obviously it's much faster and and uh, uh, players are more skilled and they're mm-hmm. much stronger uh, so you have all of that coming at you that you have to experience in your your first call-up plus you're playing a brand new position or at least a position you haven't played for many 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 many, many years um, and then when return to um, Laval continue on on the wing um, it's it's very odd and and I understand and I agree that, um, you know, having some exposure to the wing uh, does uh, make him a more versatile player. And uh, when he gets a call up to fill different spots, but um, just rather than than use those guys in, it's it's setting them up to to succeed. And we see that time and time again, that the Canadians have failed in the transition because they don't set their prospects up to succeed. That's right. Well, and and we, I first I should I should preface this by saying uh, we encourage you to go to our website ahlreport.com and and click on the recap for the game against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms from Saturday and listen to all four of our post game interviews uh, in full. Uh, we spoke with Joel Bouchard, we spoke with Lucas Vedemo, we spoke to Charles Soudan, and we spoke to Yannick Veille. Uh, and it's it's interesting, Rick. You know, we then asked Bouchard. Um, so, is this the plan now that that Lucas is is back down that Vedamo is going to stay on the wing? And I found it. I think we both found it pretty interesting. 
we had already done our interview with, with Vedamo in which he had talked about how, well, well, it's, you know, it's an adjustment and I haven't played, I, you know, yeah, I played there my first year with Sweden, but um, it's been a long time, but it's, it's an adjustment. We had literally just gotten done having that interview and, and Bouchard begins his answer by saying, well, Lucas has been asking me for, for, has asked me a couple of times if he could play wing. Um <laughs> I certainly didn't get that impression from Lucas Vedemo's answer in our interview, but um, hmm. uh, so apparently Vedemo has been asking to play on the wing. And so they're acquiescing and allowing him to play on the wing. Um, it's just, it's just simply untrue. And, and I know that, that Joe Bouchard wants to have this impression of him that he's always in charge and he's always making the decisions uh, but in this kind of situation, and it's uh, obviously the case that the, the answer came from on high, he he would have mm-hmm. been just better to say, listen, it's an organizational decision, and I had no choice. Uh, he would be, would have um, been much more credible saying something like that than, um, than um, the obvious falsehood um, <laughs> that he was trying to peddle there. Yeah, I, it just, okay. If you believe that one, I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you mentioned setting up prospects for success. Um, Josh Brook is another one. Josh Brooks had a had a rough season. Um, I think in his in his attempt to to get back to the kind of hockey that he knows he can play and that fans knows he fans know he can play. Um, it, unfortunately tends to find himself in the penalty box a bit too much um, and hasn't really found that spark to his game yet this year. He's, he's producing, um, but not, not in a way that I think was expected. Could part of that be because yes, happy that happy to have him paired with Carl Alsner, but they are, they are traditionally the third pairing. Uh, it's very rare that he's placed higher in the in the lineup than the third pairing. Um, and then Rick, an odd thing happened this past weekend. Christian Folin uh, was waived by by Montreal, cleared waivers, and as the team sets out to go on a three and three weekend, Josh Brook is the one who finds himself in the press box in place of Christian Folin. And thought that was odd on Friday. Had a lot of pushback on social media of uh, fans who obviously know better than than us uh, that, well, it's just one game and you just, it's nothing to worry about. It's just one game. Just stop overreacting. Well, then Saturday came around and hmm, what do you know? Um, we turned around and, and literally bumped right into Josh Brook in the press box because he was sitting again. Um two nights in a row. And then Christian Fulham didn't play on Sunday. So he managed to slot back in on Sunday, but we even asked Joel Bouchard Saturday night, like what's, what's the deal? Josh Brooks sat two nights in a row. Now, are we going to see him this weekend? And frankly, the answer at that point didn't sound very optimistic. He, it was kind of, well, we're going to see how guys do tomorrow. And uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that Brooke would play at all uh, over the weekend. Is this another example of, of 
what exactly is the message that you're sending to a young prospect who is in the midst of his first real year of, of development? Um, you know, I, I had said, um, Josh Brooke, his brief introduction to um, pro hockey, AHL hockey last year that he came out and, and uh, certainly with a lot of promise from junior and, um, but he was, uh, when we saw him play, he was overly aggressive um, he was uh, getting caught at times, um, wasn't maintaining good gaps. He was wanting to, to jump in the play too often, was making, um, you know, aggressive decisions with respect to pinching and, and, uh, and there were some penalty issues, but that those were all things that could be corrected. Um, all those things were just, um, the kind of, of player that you see in, in junior and, and, you know, frankly, Josh Brook, um, uh, all the scouting reports and whatnot had him on a uh, a higher ceiling than that of Kale Flurry. But Kale Flurry, with with a year of of um, experience and a, in in the AHL and a good camp, uh, certainly earned his way. Where I think Josh Brook's camp uh, was seen as a bit disappointing. But but no matter, he you know he had a lot of time this season. Uh, to learn to to um, to play top minutes as as we often hear to learn to uh, be on the penalty kill on 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 the power play and and really learn um, and that hasn't happened at all um, unfortunately he's found himself more often than not uh, on the third pairing um, as the Canadians as the, the um, uh, Laval rocket have uh, so many defensemen with NHL experience that they have prioritized over their prospects, whether it be uh, Willette or Alsner or um, now Christian Follen. Um, it's it's not the way to to develop uh, prospects. It's not the way to let them go in and teach them and let them make mistakes and, and correct those and. Uh, instead, the priority, and we said this uh, because of the disastrous season last year, the embarrassment as such uh, for Joel Bouchard, the uh, uh, failure in, uh, with respect to selling tickets, which was an embarrassment to the organization, and they vowed to, to change this year. Uh, everything has been placed, uh, all the focus has been on, on winning, and now with the Canadians uh, almost certain to, to miss the, the playoffs, um, it seems that that uh, there's a, a a bigger reason for Lavelle uh, to make the playoffs, and and you know they're they're uh, in the conversation uh, for playoffs, but it seems like that's going to be um, that's going to be the the focus. And when you have Josh Brook, who uh, has a ton of potential, but is making mistakes or making bad decisions or taking penalties. Um, uh, in a three and three, it was this, it was decided that that uh, he would only play one game. Now, um, is this a fatigue issue? No. Um, you know, I understand if if um, if he had played Friday and Saturday and and uh, was banged up or playing too many minutes or uh, and then sat out Sunday. But the fact that he he uh, sat out Friday, we knew instantly that that was a, a bad signal. And I, and I know it's tough for, 
fans who don't pay any attention to the AHL, just ca- kind of a casual atten- that that said, oh well, it's just because there's three games, or oh well, um, you know, it's a long. It's it's all of those things were absolute nonsense. We knew instantly uh, it meant something, and and particularly when you know Josh Brook got in one game. Um, but you have uh, Evan McEnany playing all three games of the three and three. You have Carl mm-hmm. Olsner playing all three games. You have uh, Xavier Ouellette playing all three games. Um, do those guys have any future with the Montreal Canadiens? No, they don't. Uh, Josh Brook does. And the, the focus, unfortunately, has been taken away from the prospects uh, to trying to ensure that um, that they – they win as many games so that they um, at, at least some part of the organization can talk about playoffs this season. Well, speaking of how uh, prospects are handled, uh, we will end this segment with the, the last bit of news about another prospect. We've, we've talked uh, at length about the just, complete disaster, which is the goaltending depth for Laval and the Montreal Canadiens organization this week, uh, th- this year, uh, and, and frankly, in previous years. Uh, and we've been talking about how Michael McNiven had been uh, recalled to Laval just before New Year's. Um, for those who, who aren't aware of the situation, had been recalled to Laval because uh, the ECHL team that he was playing with, the Orlando Solar Bears, uh, saw the return of another uh, affiliated goaltender to the club, which meant that McNiven would then be the third goaltender. Uh, so again, for the second time this season, not an ideal situation for him. So he was recalled to Laval. Uh, and it took until I believe this past Saturday, Friday or Saturday for him to get a new assignment. Uh, and that is with the Norfolk Admirals who are the only ECHL team in the league who do not have an NHL affiliate. Um so for almost two weeks, uh, Michael McNiven was without a team. Uh, I don't believe that he was, I don't know if he was practicing with Laval, maybe, maybe just a little bit, but um, really un- it's just, Rick, it's mind boggling. I don't, I don't understand how, how the organization lets this happen um, and why they don't seem to be very concerned about writing the situation uh, when, when, when an emergency like that happens. Um, it's, um, and we, we talked about the, the whole Michael McNiven uh, situation in depth last week. Um, if you, if you missed it and want to catch up, uh, it's, it's very much worth a listen so that you can hear all of the steps that uh, kind of led up to this, but um, you know, a, a lack of communication um, with, with prospects, not knowing, what's happening, where they're going, what they're doing. If they're part of the team, they, they feel, you know, particularly for McNiven right on the outside uh, that they're, they're, they've been forgotten about that. Nobody cares about them, that uh, nobody has confidence in them, that they aren't being respected. All of those things are kind of common things that we keep hearing. And, and um, it was kind of only when Michael McNiven, um, spoke out about those things and said, Hey, I, you know, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know where, uh, where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know if I can practice with the team. I don't know what's next. It was only then. Uh, and after, as you said, uh, weeks had passed that, uh, 
um, he was he was off to to Norfolk. And, um, you know, again, there's there's a situation where it's an unaffiliated uh, ECHL team. What, why couldn't um, Montreal had even if they if they have plans, uh, which you know, people mentioned to Riviere, although that's fallen through or the, the mayor has put the kibosh on that. Uh, but but in the interim, why couldn't an arrangement have been made with Norfolk uh, to 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 be uh, 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 the affiliate for the Canadians so that they at least had uh, you know um, somewhere to send their prospects and and we wouldn't have to go through all of this nonsense um, where where they don't know where they're going and and um, they're packing their bags and they don't have a place to practice they don't have a gym to go to it's it's uh, um, it's not right. It's, it's just uh, a complete lack of care of, of the people that uh, are part of your organization. Absolutely. And, and how do you expect, how do you expect development to happen? How do you expect learning to happen? Um, I mean, that's, that's impossible. And at the other level, as you alluded to Rick, there's the human level. I mean, imagine how this feels for pro. Uh, I imagine, and I mean, we, when we spoke to McNiven in that interview, uh, when we interviewed him when he was with Adirondack, you know, it's 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 kind of like, you know, I hope you don't feel like they just dumped you down here and forgot about you, but that's, I'm sure, kind of the message that's sent. Um, and that doesn't do wonders for a player's confidence, um, particularly a goaltender. We've talked many times about how um, – how much of a head game it is for, for goaltenders. So, um, you know, I certainly, certainly hope that uh, McNiven is able to find uh, some success and maybe some stability in Norfolk for however long he's there. Um, But yeah, just yet again, it's, I mean, the, the examples and instances of the mishandling and, and so forth is, it's getting to be quite long. Um, and that's not a compliment for the organization. That's not a good thing to have on the resume. And, you know, word about that gets around. <laughs> um, and that's not, that's not the reputation that you want to have about uh, mistreatment of your players. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see. Hopefully, as I said, since he's, since it's an unaffiliated um, team, uh, hopefully they won't run into the three goaltender issue there Uh anytime soon and maybe he can get some regular starts and some regular playing time uh, and we'll see what happens we are going to take a quick break on the other side we're going to go around the AHL and just give you some brief news about things going on around the American League so don't go anywhere we'll be back in just a moment for all the latest news interviews analysis and commentary about the Laval Rocket Lehigh Valley Phantoms and every other team in the American Hockey League as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. 
Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box. Right here on the AHL Report, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, find us on Twitter all week long for all of the live game coverage we provide, as well as links to recaps and exclusive interviews and videos and feature articles and so forth. So be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report uh, and reach out to us if you have any questions or comments or want to talk about hockey. Rick, in this segment, we go around the AHL. And of course, as tradition would have it, we always like to start with whom the AHL has named their player of the week. And uh, this week, it's a, uh, it's a name that's familiar. It's a goaltender who now plays for the Grand Rapids Griffins. And that would be one Calvin Pickard. Uh, backstop the Griffins to three victories last week, turning aside 82 of the 86 shots he faced in three starts. He went 3-0-0 with a 133 goals against and a 953 save percentage for the week. So uh, that's a that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty decent week for a goaltender. Uh, not bad at all, and and uh, <laughs> you got to be happy for him. He's you know he's uh, uh, been exchanged or or been bounced around a bit. He's got a landing place right there uh, uh, with Grand Rapids right now, and and uh, performing very very well. Absolutely, he is. Um, speaking of players who are performing very well, the AHL All Star Classic is just a couple of weeks away. Um, it is it'll. It'll be the same weekend as the NHL All-Star festivities, but they did manage this year. They're they're splitting the days up so that you're not trying to split your attention between the NHL and the AHL broadcasts. Uh, And, of course, you won't want to miss any of the AHL All-Star Classic uh, festivities. And once again, this year, you can catch them on TV. Uh, The uh, All-Star Classic and the Skills Competition will air nationwide on the NHL Network for viewers in the United States. And on Canada, TSN will be broadcasting uh, all of the uh, activities and festivities as well. So um, taking place in Ontario, California this year. Uh, So the uh, Skills Competition will be at 8 p.m., Eastern time on Sunday, January 26th and on Monday, January 27th at 10 PM Eastern time (laughs) for the all-star game. Uh, They are, they are starting that one. Uh, The all-star game will start local time, Pacific time at 7 PM. So that means a 10 o'clock start for all of us East coast folks. Um, So it looks like John Abbott of TSN Radio 1040 in Vancouver is going to do the play-by-play duties for the broadcast. Um, And a familiar name, Mike McKenna, who is currently the Vegas Golden Knights TV analyst, but a former AHL um, goaltender, uh, will be handling all of the color commentary. So uh, be sure to check that out uh, Sunday, the 26th, Monday, the 27th. You can watch all of that on TV, TSN, or the NHL Network, depending on which country in North America you live. And we may, uh, this. there's extra reason to pay attention to the All-Star Weekend, the AHL All-Star Weekend, because we may get uh, 
some news about this will be um, Dave Andrews, Dave Andrews, who's uh, been president of the league forever. Our buddy, he's, he's been terrific to us. And, and mm-hmm. uh, this will be the last uh, all-star game that um, he'll preside over retiring at the end of the year. And there, there has been rumblings that uh, announcement of the successor may be made around the uh, all-star game. There's been rumors about Jay Feaster and uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens there. But uh, uh, we could have news about uh, the new president of the AHL uh, over all-star weekend. Those are big shoes to fill. I got to say, I mean, Dave Andrews is not a big guy, but he's got big shoes to fill. Um <laughs> So uh, all all eyes will certainly be on that announcement, and we'll be sure to stay on top of that and bring that news to to you as soon as we hear about it. Uh, the other piece of news that happened this week that just wanted to bring some attention to in case uh, any listeners uh, did not catch this on social media was the incident that happened over the weekend uh, for the Toronto Marlies organization. Uh, they were on the road playing in Texas this weekend, actually playing against the Texas Star uh, playing against Texas and San Antonio this weekend. Uh, and their first game of that, of that weekend uh, was to be on Friday in Cedar Park, Texas against the Stars. Um, and there were a couple of delays due to weather, believe it or not. Um, no, not the kind of weather we're used to uh, for hockey. Uh, this was uh, high winds and I, I believe tornado watches and, and so forth. So there were some delays due to weather, um, and then folks were in the in the rink and and waiting for warm ups to start and and there were more significant delays and and then the announcement was made that the game was being canceled and that the Toronto Marlies had elected to forfeit their game against the Texas Stars, uh, which meant that the Stars would automatically get a one to nothing victory because of the forfeit. And unfortunately, it was due to an incident that happened in the Toronto Marlies locker room prior to the game. Um, assistant coach Rob Davison, uh, as it turned out, as we found out later, uh, suffered a, as they put it in the, the Marley statement, a quote, prolonged grandma seizure in the locker room in front of pretty much all of the players and staff. Uh, he was thankfully, um, attended to right away, uh, by, by the medical professionals that were in the building, rushed to the hospital and discharged the next morning. He is now back in Toronto for further evaluation and will be on leave uh, for med- medical reasons for a bit. Um, but as such, and Rick, understandably, uh, the, the team was so shaken by what they had witnessed that they, they really had no choice but to, to forfeit the game that night. Um, and just scary situation. Uh, hate to hear about things like this. And he's young. It's it, uh, it, Davison is is in his late 30s, um, and so all the best to him. We're hoping to hear uh, good prognosis and good results as they as they find out more. But understandable for the Toronto Marlies to need to make that decision. Uh, Kyle Dubas said that uh, the con- the there was constant communication, and and there was just no other decision to be made uh, other than forfeiting the game because uh, the 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 entire team. Um, players and staff were just unable to uh, continue after witnessing that. And, uh, you know, this is the second um, major incident with respect to an assistant coach 
this season in the AHL, and and that's enough. We we don't want to hear about it anymore. Um, there was uh, we talked about in November um, Grand Rapids Grand Rapids Griffins, which we we were just talking about um, um, the player of the week, and and um, that was an assistant coach, a video coach actually, Bill Leroy, that uh, passed away when the Grand Rapids Griffins were in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing that weekend and that was awful for the team to have to go through um and uh and now this this medical emergency uh prior to to this game um it's 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 tough and and uh like i say uh we we wish uh rob good health uh and a good recovery and uh, um but understand why the decisions were made the way they were uh this uh in this case absolutely absolutely um because obviously at the end of the day uh everyone involved in hockey they are people first and and some things just have to take precedence over the game uh, and this was definitely one of those instances so we wish we wish uh the marleys and uh rob all the best and uh, we will keep you apprised of any updates as we learn them Uh, We are going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, give you a preview of this week's coverage for Rocket Sports Media, including a team that um, we really think you should keep an eye on because they are certainly uh, doing their best to scratch and claw their way up the the charts, so to speak. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take one quick break for a commercial, and we will be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, one more time, don't forget to find us on Twitter. Follow us uh, at the AHL Report. Uh, That's where you'll get all of our updates, all of our articles, all of our recaps, all of our exclusive content. You don't want to miss it, so be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. Now, Rick, uh, we've got some more Fabulous coverage coming this week. Uh, Laval is off again. Um, They didn't play at all during the week last week. That's repeated again this week because um, they're going to have a little bit of a weather change on this next road trip. As as you mentioned, it was a balmy 70 here in Pennsylvania this past weekend. But um, as you also so nicely put it this past weekend that um, I don't think you don't think they're going to get those temperatures when they visit Winnipeg, Manitoba this coming weekend. <laughs> I mentioned that to, uh, to Anthony Marcotte that, uh, to, to bundle up, he was feeling a little under the weather. Um, yeah. and I said he was going to have to bundle up when he uh, visited Winnipeg, of course, Winnipeg, my home, uh, for a number of years and, uh, very, uh, well accustomed to, uh, January weather. Uh, although they might be getting there during what's called the the uh, January thaw or the Bonspiel thaw, um, more precisely, which I'll, I'll explain um, another <laughs> time. 
Really? Um, <laughs> speaking of 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 uh, Anthony being under the weather, and he and he was. He uh, three and three was tough on him oh, too. Oh, bless um, him! Yeah. Um, he um, he actually uh, couldn't continue uh, the game in in Lehigh Valley. Couldn't continue on to the third period. Uh, he had lost his voice, and and uh, so we jokingly said that uh, you know. Uh, you you could fill in and uh, for the third period and and uh, b- with you know <laughs> some fr- uh, some quick I just need a crash course. <laughs> um, but it's funny because uh, we had a uh, and I, I've mentioned before that, that that we're always happy to hear from you whether it be on social media uh, or calling um, uh, texting the the Rocket Sports text line that the Rocket Sports text line is 5853 Rocket. It's very easy to remember 5853 Rocket. You can text us 7 days a week 24 hours a day. I've got a text um that is is um is interesting because it asks if uh it says uh, salut, hello. Um I have a question. Can uh Amy and Rick do the radio broadcast for the Rockets? Um <laughs> And and talking about uh, talking about the English broadcast, uh, we know ah. that that uh, there's very little coverage in English, and and the coverage that's there uh-huh. is, um, um, well, um, yes. As can can Amy and Rick do the b- radio broadcast for the Laval Rockets? Could you please do that for us? That would be outstanding if possible. We'd love <laughs> to hear your radio call for all the games. Merci. Thank you. Um, Canadians always uh, it's uh, a really nice text and um, wow yeah yeah now there hey you 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 would do a great job at play-by-play I'll I'll happily do color um I think I think I whoever whoever sent that in thank you so much that's a big compliment for both of us um and uh yeah let's work on that (laughs) (laughs) Coming soon to a radio station near you. That's that's fantastic. Um, we'd love to do that. There's there's obviously not enough English coverage of the team, um, and we are and happy. Tons of English fans. Tons. Um, and and we're happy that we've been the English uh, coverage on online for the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate. For years, dating back to when they were in Hamilton, way before it was cool to follow them and cover them because they're just 20 minutes down the road in Laval. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. Uh, you know, it was, we've we've been around covering this team when it wasn't easy to cover this team. Um, and so we appreciate our listeners and readers and followers who have been with us throughout the whole journey. We're, we appreciate you if you have newly found us. Uh, and we just want you to know that we've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, and uh, we're happy to have been a steady presence in the English coverage of the, of the Montreal Canadiens and their AHL affiliate and their prospects. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we are we are not traveling. I, I I will Laval can have all of the the bond spiel, whatever this weekend that they want. We're not going to Winnipeg, um, but we will be providing you full coverage, uh, nonetheless, of of both of those games. They play Saturday and Sunday against the Manitoba Moose. Uh, however, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have a home game on Friday against the Binghamton Senators. 
Uh, and so we will be in the building to cover that game. Uh, not I, sorry, I just said Binghamton Senators. I still can't. I still cannot get the Bingy Sens <laughs> out of my head. I'm sorry, Belleville. I'm sorry, Binghamton. The Binghamton Devils. Allow me to allow me to correct myself. Uh, and I mentioned that, and and part of the reason why it's significant. First of all, um, Laval will then play in Binghamton next week. Uh, In fact, the last game that they will play before the All-Star break will be in Binghamton. So uh, consider it a bit of, for for Laval fans, consider it a bit of a pre-scout for the following week. For Phantoms fans, we certainly want to provide you with coverage of your team. So we will be uh, there covering the Phantoms uh, in that game. However, Rick, Binghamton Binghamton's been in the basement in the North Division for the, pretty much the entire season. They are currently 8-2 and two in their last 10 games on a seven-game winning streak. Binghamton has found uh, the second wind. They have found something that has put them together, and they are putting the pieces together. They are now just one point behind Cleveland in seventh place and only four points behind Syracuse, who are sitting in sixth place right behind Laval. So um, Binghamton's game in Lehigh Valley on Friday night is going to be uh, important for them and and could be an important precursor to their matchup with Laval the following week. And keep in mind that sometimes uh, the trade deadline, uh, transactions leading up to oh, the trade yeah. line can impact the AHL in a significant way. So, um uh, there's there's uh, bigger swings are possible in the AHL than the NHL in terms of of standings, uh, mm-hmm. and that's only one of the reasons that it happens. Absolutely. So uh, yes, we will have coverage of the Laval Rocket against Manitoba on Saturday and Sunday, and we will have uh, live in rink coverage of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms as they host the Binghamton. Devils on Friday night. So be sure you're following us at the AHL report for all of that coverage. You can also find Rick at all Habs on Twitter. You can find me at flyers rule and uh, Rick, it's going to be another great week of hockey. Um, and we've got plenty more coming next week when we're back on the air. Very excited. Um, and uh, <laughs> going into the, yeah, getting into this season where, uh, as I mentioned, the trade le- deadline, uh, some trades have started already, and we are mm-hmm. going to see a lot more. Absolutely, and we will have you covered every step of the way. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. We're always happy to have you here, and we will see you back here again next week for another fabulous episode of From, From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. And keep on So keep on pushing.